Basketball podcast here on the Action Network, presented by Prize Picks. It's your boy Dan Titus here with my guy Adam Koffler. Fantasy football season is uh, at the cusp of ending here. How, how's your week fourteen? I'm glad I'm already in the playoffs in four of my four leagues because week fourteen was kind of a bust. Have Lamar Jackson in two leagues and he left early, obviously, so that was tough. I have Kareem Hunt and two others and he left early. Uh, and then the Titans backfield and I've been you know hyping up this guy named Dontrell Hilliard for a long time and. Looks like a three-way split between him and Foreman and McNichols. So we got all sorts of issues going on. Hopefully we can get some clarity going into the fantasy playoffs in week 15. But for now, we're here to talk about week eight of the basketball season and look ahead to week nine and see what's going on. Fantasy football-wise, I feel pretty good, man. I am actually might be able to sneak into a couple six spots. I'm really having a good week in this really, really strange uh, week 14 for fantasy football. But yeah, let's get into some hoops talk. Just in general, I think the biggest narrative going on in the NBA right now is is Steph Curry and his chase to break the three-point record. He didn't do it against Philadelphia, only knocked down three three three-pointers. So he has seven going up against the Indiana Pacers on Monday, and then Tuesday he gets to go to the Garden to face the Knicks on a back-to-back. Want to get your thoughts, though. I'm looking at some Vegas odds, and I see minus 200 favorite to break the record against the Pacers on Monday but plus 325 to do it in the garden. So which one would you take? Do you think Curry is going to break the record on Monday or Tuesday? This is happening at the garden, the Mecca of basketball. Like if you're Steph Curry, you know that, you know that you're going to New York on Tuesday and that's probably where you want to break the record. It's like a basketball shrine. You don't want to do it in Indiana. My money's going on that plus 325 for him to break it in in New York. Yeah. I could see him hitting five threes in, in Indiana and then leaving a couple for, uh, for the garden. But uh, yeah, man, what, what a better way to break the all-time record than in the garden to beat Ray Allen's record. So yeah, let's talk about also some guys that I thought been playing really well. Franz Wagner out of Orlando. Notice that he's seen an uptick in assists since Jalen Suggs has been out of the lineup. He's been getting over four assists in four of his last six games. Pretty similarly, Jay Sean Tate out of Houston has also seen an uptick in assists. He's gotten five plus assists in three out of his last four games without Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green in the lineups. What are your thoughts on Franz Wagner? But then also, what are your thoughts on Jay Sean Tate? Is he here to stay? Yeah, uh, Franz Wagner has really been a revelation, man. Like, if if we're talking about, like, rookie of the year, we're talking about Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley. Franz Wagner is, like, right under those guys, like, probably above Cade Cunningham. The way he came into the league, so poised, 4.7 assists in his last seven games with Jalen Suggs out of the lineup. On the season, he's averaging just 2.8. So you can see that Orlando's asking him to do more handling the rock. And Suggs is supposed to miss another couple weeks. But I, I think Franz Wagner is definitely here to stay. We talked about this before. Jonathan Isaac probably isn't anywhere close to coming back. And Franz Wagner is definitely here to stay. Nice, solid, top 75, nine-cat type player. And then Jay Sean Tate, yeah, with, with KPJ and Jalen Green out of the lineup. Looking like a similar thing in his last seven, averaging 13.7, five boards and six assists. So, you know, handling the rock a little bit more, uh, sort of what we saw um, down the stretch last season when he was sort of this like league winner type guy, uh, along with uh, KJ Martin there in Houston. Yeah, Houston looks great, man. They've they've been kicking ass and it looks like they found a little bit of a vibe there with people like Garrison Matthews, who we'll talk about in a little bit. 
moving Christian Wood to the five was just the move that they needed to do. So news dropped on Sunday morning that the Bulls uh, star guard Zach Levine has now entered the health and safety protocols with COVID. Man, this team is just getting ravaged, much like the Charlotte Hornets here. And there's a chance that the Chicago Bulls, if they get one more positive test, they may not be able to field a basketball team heading into week nine. So if you're in a weekly league, be cautious. You know, I probably wouldn't play any bull other than, you know, Vucevic or Caruso. But know that when you're doing that, you run the risk of them potentially missing a game if they get postponed because they have to field at least eight players in order to actually play in the game. So right now they uh, have nine in the protocol. So it's looking looking pretty ugly in uh, Chicago. I remember the season ago before the bubble, they were like, or was it after the bubble? They were they were canceling games left and right. They were definitely canceled games last season. Right. After so, the bubble. so right. So it's almost like, you know, we did we did I feel like we didn't see this many guys out that affected fantasy basketball as much. It would just be like the game would be canceled and then it'd be like either right. replayed or or not. But it, it feels like it feels like every like every guy has seen the COVID list. It's crazy. The amount of people that are going on the COVID list this season just feels like an abundance of guys. And it's like really, it's really difficult to manage. Uh, and then you have to, because of that, you've got to decide if you're going to make short-term versus long-term pickups on the waiver yeah. wire, right? Like, do you want, you know, guys that play four games in a week or do you want guys that play two games in a week that are more long-term pickups because you're trying to manage all the guys that are out on your team. I think we're going to get into some of these uh, short and long-term pickups here. Uh, so Dan, why you kick us off with some of those guys? Yeah, right before I do that, also news broke that Jeremy Grant is going to be missing up to six weeks with tore ligaments in his thumb. You had just talked about it previously about how Franz Wagner has kind of crept up that rookie ladder. This could be the thing that propels Cade Cunningham further up that ladder. Much of Jeremy Grant's usage rate is probably going to go to Cade here. Yeah, I would say I would say also also give Hamadou Diallo and Trey Lyles a look. Trey Lyles might slide into the starting lineup potentially, and, and both those guys have uh, some some upside to them. Diallo probably has a little bit more upside than than Trey Lyles, but at the end of the day, these are still guys that play for the Pistons who probably aren't going to play more than about twenty five minutes a game. They have a really deep rotation there, and they like to play a pretty deep right. bench. So right. yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, so yeah, so let's get into some of the long term plays. First one I wanted to call out Terrence Davis out of Sacramento. He's really been cooking uh, in light of Buddy Heald's lackluster performances. Buddy Heald in his last five games, 11 points, 3.8 boards, 1.2 assists, only getting 23 minutes per game. I have him on one of my rosters. I had to bench him because he was so bad. And Terrence Davis has just thrived, man, in his last five. 19 points, 4.6 rebounds, 1.2 assists, shooting 54% from the field with three triples a game with 1.4 steals. To me, I think Alvin Gentry believes in the guy. So I think this is a legit pickup that you can have and hold for 12-team leagues. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's the key. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's the Alvin Gentry effect. And it doesn't look like Alvin Gentry wants to play Buddy Heald and he, and he wants to give all the run to, to Terrence Davis. This guy looks like the real deal. He actually entered the starting lineup at, at, at some point in the last couple of weeks. He didn't start on Saturday because of the matchup against Cleveland. But on Monday, they play against the Toronto Raptors, I believe, uh, and a couple other teams that don't have bigs like that. So Terrence Davis should get back into the starting lineup ahead of Marvin Bagley, and I'd expect him to continue. And, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely looking like a long-term pickup and not just a guy that uh, you need for a week. It's interesting what the Kings seem to be doing here because Davion Mitchell's been getting pretty good minutes over the last three games. 
But Buddy Hill seems like he snapped out of it. He did get 31 minutes on Friday, and then he got uh, 28 minutes against Cleveland on Saturday, and he, he's still hoisting up a lot of threes and missing them. So I think Terrence Davis clearly brings the complete package, which is why he's earned minutes in, in Alvin Gentry's rotation, whereas Buddy Heald, he's really just a chucker at this point. Let's talk about Cody Martin of Charlotte, who's been pretty damn good in the absence of all the Charlotte players that have been out for health and safety protocols. Uh, tell me why you like him in 10 to 12 team formats. Guess who's averaging the most minutes per game in the last two weeks? Cody Martin, 40.1 minutes per game in his last five games. Averaging 16 points, six and a half boards, four assists, 2.6 stocks, shooting 55% from the field. Now, obviously, some of this might be a result of LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier being uh, in the health protocols, but Cody Martin was balling before that, even as the sixth man for the Hornets. And I mean, he's not going to keep it up, but this is a guy that can contribute across the board. And I, I like him and his brother, Caleb, for the Miami Heat. However, I believe Caleb is on the COVID list now himself. So he'll be out yeah. about four to six games probably. But he was starting to heat up for the Heat uh, with Jimmy Butler on the sidelines. Uh, and Jimmy Butler is dealing with a tailbone issue. But now that Caleb Martin's out, uh, you know, the, the Heat are kind of decimated with Butler, Caleb Martin, Bam Adebayo is out with the UCL injury. So they're, they're kind of struggling a lot too. And that's it's really paved the way for Kyle Lowry to see some big time usage there uh, for the Heat. I like Cody Martin a lot, man. And what he's doing defensively, he's, he's very efficient. I'm shooting 55% over the last two weeks. Definitely somebody that I think is worth picking up with the Hornets still down so many important players that, that contribute on a nightly basis. But another guy that's kind of gone under the radar, that's certainly heating up waiver wires, and that's Garrison Matthews. I mean, this guy's just been dropping buckets. He gives you stocks over the last week. He's averaging 1.7 steals and 1.3 blocks with four three-pointers. Man, talk to me about Garrison Matthews and one of the main reasons why the Houston Rockets have gone on this winning streak. He's essentially uh, Houston's Clay Thompson. Like he, he, he's a catch and shoot guy, averaging you know four threes a game, uh, sixteen points a game in his last six, playing thirty four minutes per, and he's only turned the ball over one time in the last like ten games. Like that's <laughs> like he just doesn't need. I that. mean, it's cool. Like he doesn't put the ball yeah. on the floor because of that, and he's he's a bucket. Like he's a bucket from deep. And Houston looks really good with him in the lineup. It just it's it's been working, and and he needs to be rostered in every single league, ten team leagues, twelve team leagues, all of it. Yeah, no no disagreement there. Let's let's go to San Antonio for a minute. Devin Vassell has been out for a while with a quad injury. Uh, really wanted to take advantage of him in that five game stretch in week eight, but he only came back for the last two games. But he looks like he's back, getting minutes. Uh, just in the last game, he did play twenty three minutes on Saturday night. Scored 15 points, five boards, four assists. To me, looks like he's right back in the rotation, right where he was before as the sixth man for the Spurs. So are you scooping him up? Yeah, I'm scooping him up. And, and let me give a uh, let me give a quick lesson learned here. So Devin Vassell is a guy that I dropped because I wanted to stream for the previous week. And then somebody else ended up picking him up before he came back from his injury. And now I'm disappointed that he's not on my roster because he's a guy that's going to provide you value. But anybody who can provide you with a couple steals and a block and, and, and some production across the board with good percentages, you want to hold on to that guy. He's like, he's essentially the Spurs as a sixth man at this point. And he's going to, he's going to provide value when healthy. He's going to play 25 minutes per, sometimes more if the game's close and, and pop wants the defense in there. That's, that's Devin Vassell. Uh, so he's definitely a guy that needs to be rostered as well. Let's go to Memphis for a minute. Steven Adams uh, sprained his ankle. Looks like he's, he, might build, he might miss some time. But more importantly, we haven't really gotten a significant update on John Morant. He's still in health and safety protocols. 
along with, you know, still nursing an injury here. So what do you think is the outlook for Tyus Jones, maybe Desmond Bain, who I think, you know, he's been rock solid. So I, I doubt he's still floating out there on waivers, maybe in shallow formats. But what about Tyus Jones? Yeah, Tyus Jones is going to continue to be the assist guy. And then Desmond Bain, Desmond Bain's probably been the biggest beneficiary from a fantasy standpoint with John Morant, yeah. both with the with the injury and now in COVID protocols. Like, dare we call Desmond Bain a sell high? I have no idea because I, I don't know when John Morant's coming back. If, if you give me a timeline on when John Morant's coming back, at that point, I might consider looking to sell Desmond Bain for, you know, a guy with a more concrete role uh, along, you know, playing, you know, he's playing alongside a superstar. He's not going to, he's not going to hand out. Uh, well, he's, he's averaging 2.5 assists in his last four games. It's not a ton, but before that, I think it was even lower than that. Uh, he's averaging three, three threes per game right now. Desmond Bain is and 19.3 points. The usage is just insane with Morant off the floor. So ride, ride this wave while you can. But when we, when we get an update on Morant, then, you know, revisit what we're doing with Desmond Bain. And obviously Tyus Jones is, is a guy that should be rostered as well while Morant's out. And we haven't, it's been a little bit disappointing with D'Anthony Melton, honestly, he entered the starting lineup for a game or two, but he's been a reserve and he's just, the, the numbers really haven't been there. And he's been uh, kind of a disappointment from a fantasy perspective uh, over the last couple of weeks, even with Morant out. Um, you know, if he's a guy that's kind of on their end of your roster and you want to pick up, pick up another guy who's you know heating up, then I think Melton is a guy you can, you can let go if you need to. Yeah. Dylan Brooks uh, came out of health and safety protocols, came out, dropped 25 with two assists pretty much a Dylan Brooks line, uh, a guy that I would be willing to sell high on. Um, I'm really into Desmond Bain and what he does consistently. But in the meantime, I think Dylan Brooks is certainly going to continue to see a high usage rate. Also uh, when John Morant is out. Bain's is a really good basketball player. He's yeah, he super, super high IQ guy. Doesn't turn it over too much. Like Dylan Brooks is just, he's out there just, you know, forcing shots. Like he's just the greenest of lights. So at, in the short term though, Deandre Ayton, he missed his last game on Saturday. Are you looking at JaVale McGee? I mean, he had a monster double-double. Between him, Marvin Bagley, which which big man are you kind of looking at in the short term? Hell yeah, both those guys. But but especially JaVale, they both play four games, Sacramento and Phoenix do. Especially if DeAndre Ayton continues to miss games, which I think he may miss a couple more, or he may have a lingering issue here. Yeah, JaVale McGee needs to be rostered. 17 points and 11 boards in his last two games. Shoots high field goal percentage going to block a shot or two like love that four games next week like yeah. can't go wrong with that and then Bagley even though he's likely not going to be in the starting lineup because Terrence Davis likely re- gets reinserted there he's still a guy that's coming off the bench and is going to play 25 to 30 minutes under Alvin Gentry so I like I like both those guys but if I had to choose right now I would take JaVale McGee even if DeAndre Ayton was back in the lineup because I think he you know probably DeAndre Ayton might not get his full workload and they got four games so I like that a lot yeah, you got to expect the Suns now that they're you know, they're without Devin Booker. They're still twenty-one and four without even without Aiden. So if you're looking at the long-term play of this, if if Aiden has anything that's lingering with his with his injuries, you might as well rest him right now. You guys have a wide gap. I mean, it's really just you and the Warriors in this Western Conference race here, and they got a little bit of margin baked in there. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Javale McGee actually start playing a little bit more given how well he's been playing as of late without Aiton in the lineup. And uh, yeah, so let's talk about, let's talk about some trade stuff. Rumors surfaced this week that Ben Simmons, more teams are open to trading for Ben Simmons. More teams and players are eligible to be traded at a certain deadline. So 
seems like the Sixers might be able to get some uh, multiple team offers. Are you trading for Ben Simmons? Are you interested in that buy low window for the opportunity that he might actually get on another roster here in the short term or the near future? Yeah, I think obviously I think it all depends. I think it depends on your roster construction. Uh, I think it depends on what you're selling for him. But if there's a guy that, um, you know, has been performing, but it's more of a short term play and, and you want to see if you can swing a deal for Ben Simmons, then yeah, I think, I think go for it. But if you're competitive in free throw percentage and you're competitive in the turnover category, then, then maybe he's a guy you want to stay away from. But I do think there's a buy low opportunity right now because it sounds like things are heating up. And usually when things are heating up, it, it typically, especially in season, it typically means things are actually starting to churn. You know, so so I do think that there's a possibility that Ben does get moved here in the in the near future. It might not be until right before the trade deadline. Yeah, I think there's definitely a buy low window there. But then, it, you know, look at another guy uh, who's dealing with some stuff in Zion Williamson. I don't know if you plan on talking about him, but, you know, he had the setback and it's it's really looking like they're going to shut him down from basketball activities with how bad the Pelicans are. You know, you might think this is a buy low window there. I think there's a perfect drop window there. Like you took a chance on him, you know, by drafting him in the seventh or eighth round because nobody wanted him a few months ago. And it looks like he's just not going to play this season. So there's no buy low window there. If, if you ask me and, and he's, he's definitely a drop. Whereas Ben Simmons, the guy I'd be trying to acquire if I could. I don't really have any interest in Zion Williamson. He still looks super fat and out of shape. So <laughs> even I'm if he was him, coming, man. even if he was coming back, man, he doesn't, he doesn't look, like he's going to last very long, man. We talked about it from the beginning. Like this dude's already come out in the media saying how he doesn't want to play in New Orleans. He's doing anything and everything to make sure that he doesn't play. I mean, for those that took the risk, that's why you take that risk, right? You're playing for the upside, but unfortunately it didn't work out for you. Ben Simmons side, you still have a glimmer of hope here. Yeah. And then I saw one commercial with Zion Williamson. It just so happened to be be him drinking a Mountain Dew. Like <laughs> perfect. The last thing the last thing Zion Williamson needs to be doing is drinking Mountain Dews. And the problem is he's probably been drinking too many Mountain Dews while he's rehabbing his foot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a foot injury for a guy his size, man. That that shit scares the hell out of me. Just going back to the Simmons days and and bead, like he's a big dude, man. For his size, like foot injuries are, are no bueno. So let's talk about some other trade market stuff. Been no secret that Miles Turner's been on the block for years, what it seems like. And uh the Indiana Pacers aren't very good. They've already said that they have plenty of players on the trade block right now. So I think this is a great opportunity for someone like, say, Chris Duarte, who's been a really good rookie, one of those rookies that's also probably in the conversation for first team, all rookie team. Uh, what are your thoughts on on buying low for Chris Duarte if one of these veteran players is moved? I think it makes a lot of sense, especially if if you have Chris Duarte, right? You want a guy like Karis LeVert moved because they play similar position and and that would that would definitely enhance Chris Duarte's fantasy value. Uh, it's interesting uh, because we heard the trade the trade talks and uh, kind of heating up in Indiana, and they said they're going to revolve around Sabonis, Turner, and LeVert potentially. And Sabonis has gone on to be like the top ranked player over the last two Easton. weeks or so, right? Yeah. So I don't know if he's trying to increase his trade value to get the hell on out of Indiana, or if he's trying to show Indiana that he wants to stay. But either way, it's it does sound like the, uh. Sabonis and Turner are going to be split up, right? That that would be my guess in in one way or another, which I think is good for both of those guys. I think I think Turner going so, Turner going somewhere else. I don't know that it matters as much because he's a he's he's always going to get the blocks likely, uh, but he could turn into more of a scorer if he goes somewhere else. They they utilize him in a different way, 
And then if Sabonis can move over to the five, that increases his value a lot. Not having to, if he doesn't have to play next to Miles Turner, he's going to pull down like 15 boards a game, which is going to increase his his value a little bit too. So, you know, I, I kind of like both of those big men, and I also like Chris Duarte and Malcolm Brogdon. I'm hoping Karis LeVert gets moved somewhere. Fair. Um, and Duarte has been solid, man. Uh, he's averaging 14 points, almost four rebounds and a couple assists, 30 minutes per game. But more importantly, as an as a basketball player, the since since all these rumors have been floating around, he's actually a plus 24 on the court in his last five games. So obviously this guy is making an impact. Great rookie draft choice by the Indiana Pacers. Next up here on Buckets is a segment we call Elite Entries, where I'll dive into the Prize Pick app to build some entries. I'm going to give you guys the top three plays that I like for Monday's slate, so let's get into it. The first play that I like, Gary Trent Jr. over 17.5 points going up against the Sacramento Kings. Now, while his seasonal average is just shy of 17.5 points per game, in his first matchup against the Kings this season, Gary Trent Jr. dropped 23 points on 8 of 17 shooting from the field with five triples. He comes into Monday scorching hot after scoring 24 points in each of his last two contests. And the Kings, they allow the most points per game to the shooting guard position this season with 26. And also, they allow the fifth most threes to opposing shooting guards at 3.7 per game. All this aligns very well to Gary Trent Jr. having a successful night. I like him to go over 17 and a half points. The second play that I like is Jared Allen over 16 and a half points going up against the Miami Heat at home. So Jared Allen scored 19 points against the Miami Heat just a couple of weeks ago in their first meeting of the season that did not have Bam Adebayo in the lineup. Bam Adebayo is still going to be out. And Jared Allen's had a lot of success scoring the basketball this season. He's averaging a career-high 17.3 points per game this season. But more importantly, he's cleared 16.5 points in 60% of the games played this season. And he's been on a roll as of late, going over 16.5 points in 10 of his last 11 games, including averaging 19 points over his last five. To me, this is another great spot for the front court to take over for Cleveland. I like Jared Allen to go over 16.5 points. And my final play, Steph Curry under six three-pointers. Call me crazy, but I don't think Steph Curry breaks the three-point record on Monday night in the second game of their five-game road trip. And Indiana has been surprisingly really good at defending the three-point line as a team. They're holding opposing teams to attempt and make the second-fewest three-pointers per game this season. And they're only allowing five-and-a-half three-pointers between the point guard and shooting guard positions this season, which ranks fifth fewest in the NBA per game. So Curry, he's sitting at seven three-pointers away from the record. To me, on the first leg of a back-to-back, I think there's a very good chance that Curry can get close to this number, but he won't eclipse it. I think he'll break this record at MSG. You know, a milestone like that for the NBA in the Garden just makes too much sense to me. So I'm going under on Stephen Curry's six three-pointers for Monday. All right, so that'll do it for our elite entry for today. Going with Gary Trent Jr. over 17.5 points, Jaron Allen over 16.5 points, and Stephen Curry under six three-pointers. As a reminder, prize picks markets move, so you'll want to get on that fast in order to lock in the best numbers. If you haven't created a prize picks account yet, be sure to check out the link in our episode description, and they'll match your first deposit up to $100. Or visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code code action 10 that's a-c-t-i-o-n one zero all right let's get back to the show so we got a question from twitter and chair 07 shout out to you on twitter for hitting us with this question 
you want to know what the trade market is for Bradley Beal. You're looking to sell. So I'm going to run a couple of guys by you, Koffler. You let me know what you think. Is this in the realm of possible for Bradley Beal? Bradley Beal for CP3. Uh, I would rather have CP3. So I, if I have Bradley Beal, which, which Enchero 7 does, I don't think you're going to be able to fetch CP3 for him. What about Chris Middleton? So Chris Middleton's an interesting guy. He, he's a guy that I'd be looking to buy low. And because of that, that, that basically says that he's not performing up to snuff so far. He's actually a guy that you might be able to get if you're looking to sell Bradley Beal because he's also not sort of performing you know, up to what he's capable of. And in Milwaukee, there's just so many guys that, that are producing. Giannis, Bobby Portis, Drew Holiday, all those guys are producing. Maybe there's not enough for Middleton, but he's just a good percentages guy, does kind of the, the gamut of stuff. So, yeah, if if I had Bradley Beal, I'd be looking to move him for Chris Middleton. And I think you could still get that value on Bradley Beal's name, even though he hasn't produced first or second round value this season yet. I feel like Chris Middleton's that guy that's just – He's kind of like Tobias Harris. He's always efficient. That's that's the one thing I like. He's a very high floor, but he's never going to wow you uh, too much. But yeah, over over his last five games, man, he's been pretty solid. You know, over twenty points, seven rebounds, four and a half assists. Like that's that's pretty consistent. And if you're looking for someone that can raise that floor a little bit, um, and Bradley Beal, and we know that Bradley Beal still isn't vaccinated, so who knows if that could ever come to a head at some point. Right. Yeah. There there comes a point in time where you have to. Like, like kind of take your L on a player that you, know, you thought was going to be first or second round value. And because they had this big name, like a Bradley Beal, he's in a different situation, different players around him. I would move Bradley Beal in all seriousness for a guy like Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, it depends on your roster construction, but yeah. Tyrese Halliburton, Tyrese Halliburton is the 42nd ranked player uh, in the last couple of weeks. He's always been like this you know, fringe top 75 guy. He's even, he's closer to like a top 50 guy based on what he's been producing. And, and he looks, he looks pretty good in, in Sacramento with Alvin Gentry at the helm. So he's a guy I might even see if I can go dangle Bradley Beal at that, uh, at that, at his manager. Interesting. So yeah. there you have it, man. If you're in the market for trading Bradley Beal, those are a couple options for you to consider. Want to mention the stock gods for week eight, Jared Allen. Three stocks in four games last week. And Jetty Osmond surprisingly had two, averaged two and a half steals per game over his last four games. Um, so I wanted to mention some sell high candidates. The top of the list here, you have Kelly Oubre Jr. Want to know why you're you're selling high? I mean, obviously, he's been a huge, the biggest benefactor of, of uh, LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier being off the floor. He's been dropping crazy buckets, got four steals a couple of games ago. He's really just been a fantasy monster, probably fantasy player of the week. Uh, I think he's definitely up there. So why do you think that's a moment to sell high? Yeah, he's not a, he, he's typically not an efficient player. He entered the starting lineup only because LaMelo and Terry Rozier were both out due to COVID and they're, they're due back here in a few days. Uh, I mean, it's, it's for that reason alone. I mean, he's been a top 10 player per, on a per game basis the last two weeks that you're not going to, he's not going to maintain that. I mean, he, he's, he is what he is. He's a top, you know, hundred player and he's, he's doing his thing. Right. But they, they've got a lot of guys when they're all healthy miles bridges, Gordon Hayward, Cody Martin, Rogier, LaMelo, PJ Washington, who's now also hurt. So Kelly Oubre is getting some more run there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that is probably, his value is a little inflated right now, actually a lot inflated. And, and he's a guy that, that 
Actually, you know, one of, you want to know something? I'd probably I'd probably move Kelly Oubre for Bradley Beal. I'd I'd buy Bradley Beal and I would sell Kelly Oubre right now. Yeah, I don't think a fancy manager's going for that shit. Maybe no, uh, but you never, you never, you, yeah, ne- you, you never, never know, know, man. You can never you can know. float it. You can float it. Um, you also have here Jordan Poole as a sell high that I'm assuming you're banking on the return of Clay Thompson, pretty much dampening his value. So I want to pull that thread a little bit. What are your thoughts on selling high on Jordan Poole? Yeah, Poole's, Poole's a, uh, his value lies in the three-pointers and the points, averaging 19 points and three threes uh, over the course of his last six games. When Klay Thompson comes back and starts to get into a rhythm and, and play, you know, he's not going to play a full set of minutes you know, right up front, but you know, come you know, January, middle of January, end of January, you can see Klay Thompson start to get his normal allotment of minutes. And it's just going to naturally, you know, probably lo- lower the shot volume for Jordan Poole. And that's where his value comes from. And that, that's why he's a he's a sell high for me, you know, ahead of Clay Thompson's return to the lineup. Yeah, I don't, I don't as a uh, Jordan Poole truther, I'm not trading him right now, mainly because, you know, Clay's going to still have some ramp up time. He's not going to be playing big minutes even when he comes back. He's certainly going to add more weapons for the Warriors. And to be honest, you know, Jordan Poole's having a pretty good season right now. He's averaging over his last 10. I mean, he's putting up uh, 19 points, four rebounds and four assists. I don't see any reason why potentially those assists couldn't hover around that being that he's still seeing a 25% usage rate. Clay Thompson doesn't really dominate that much of the usage. He's usually a catch and shoot type of player. And we know that coming off significant injuries that he had, I'm not expecting Clay Thompson to be getting the ball, dribbling, crossing somebody over and taking it to the rack. So uh, I think uh, Jordan Poole is going to have a nice little place in this rotation as the sixth man. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's, you know, up there getting those minutes like Patty Mills. You know, he, he could still be a bucket, a microwave bucket with some uh, other assists and uh, potentially some steals over the course well, of the season. When, when will you ever let Patty Mills down? I can't do it, man. Uh, until Kyrie comes back, he's he lives. No, right? Kyrie's not Kyrie's not coming back. That's then he fair. lives. <laughs> fair. So does Bruce. He's, so does Bruce Brown. Yeah, yeah. Bruce Brown too. Uh, I think he's he's definitely giving you some rebounds. He's always been that sneaky rebound guy for being his for being a pretty small size and a guard. Uh, like one of the Hart. better rebounders. Yeah, yeah. Very much so, like Josh Hart, who also seemed like a pretty nice little uptick in assists re- recently too. But yeah, another sell high candidate here, Al Horford. We've been saying that since what week one, two, three, <laughs> we said it every week, pretty much get rid of Al Horford. I guess right now it's, it's to me, it's dependent on if Robert Williams can stay healthy, if he can somewhat manage to be there to the end of the season. Um, I think we could definitely see Al Horford, you know, kind of taper off a little bit, but he's just been playing really well. Uh, I can't knock the old dude, man. He's, he's actually playing very well. plays great defensively. The Boston Celtics suck. So I'm wondering what they're going to do. Um, in terms you know, of their future, but you know what this you know what this feels like? This feels like Al Horford is Melvin Gordon, and Robert right. Williams is Javon. Robert Williams yeah. is Javante Williams. Like how how fitting You're that right. both their last You're both right. their last names are Williams. <laughs> but like just that's move Al that's, Horford. That's, that's a that's a great comparison though, man. Because everyone want, doesn't want Al Horford to live um, yeah. and be a thing anymore. It's like yo, just let let You're Time right. Lord be the dude and get him off the court. But Al Horford ain't, isn't going anywhere because he's right. reliable. Right, like like Al Horford's the Al Horford's the fantasy value. He's getting the start. He's getting the minutes. You know, he might rest a game or two. Like Melvin Gordon might rest some practices, but he's always going to be there. He's always going to be Mister Reliable. But but if this team is losing down the stretch, like like maybe Al Horford's the guy that like yeah, we just he's just going to hold out for the rest of the season. 
<laughs> like he did in uh, what, what OKC was it? Oh my Where god, did- OKC! He killed me last season with that man. He didn't. He barely. I mean, it's pretty much what Derek Favors is doing right now, man. Like, but that's a that could be a trade piece, man. Or I don't know. It depends on what Boston's going to do, man. I think right now we we don't know what Jalen Brown. He's he's been cleared to play. So if you have Jalen Brown, I know he was out all last week. He was day to day, but he looks like he's been cleared for to play on Tuesday. Uh, but yeah, we, we got to see what this this Boston Celtics team does right now because right now they're just float. I don't know. Is it a Tatum thing? He, he kind of feels like he just doesn't. He's he's one of those Kevin Durant guys where I'm not sure that he makes people better yet. Yeah, I think that's I think that's it. I I, I think it, you know they really don't have like a a guy that's gonna improve the the surrounding talent. Like I think Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum are sort of good on their own or yeah. in a vacuum and, and mm-hmm. not so much for the betterment of the team. I actually think Al Horford like makes the team better than those guys too. Mark, Mark, like, Marcus Smart and Al Horford are like low key like the reason that that team has been like what they actually are. And um, Grant Williams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Grant Williams. Wow. We were talking about the Thunder a minute ago. Shea Gilders Alexander. You you think he's going to be a huge huge risk towards the end of the season here, um, just for resting purposes alone. And we know that the Thunder aren't very good easily the worst team in the NBA. I mean, would they lose by like 71 points a couple weeks ago? So yeah. Why, why do you want to trade SGA now? Why do you think this is the, the, the window to do it? Because like you said, like before the all-star break, okay. Okay. is going to you know play hard and he's going to play a lot. He's been averaging 35 minutes of the game over his last five, uh, 26 points, six assists. Like he looks pretty good, but you know, at the same time it's Oklahoma city and, and you know, he's, he's going to continue to be, uh, cannibalized by Josh Giddy's assist numbers, uh, but they've they've kind of been you know artificially inflated a little bit over the last couple of weeks. And, and like you said, like he's he's going to see some opportunities to rest down the stretch because Oklahoma City and and they're going to be in some blowouts. And I, I think the thirty five minutes per game is probably a little bit high because of the blowout potential. Any opportunity you can to sell SGA, like I would, I I love him as a basketball player. I think he's really really good talent, but. You know, from a fantasy perspective, there's a lot of red flags there uh, because he plays for OKC. Quick note. Do you know what's up with Rashawn Holmes in his eye? So he's just been recently ruled out yet again. Dude, um, yeah, he's 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 out at least two games. That's why Bagley and Alex Len got the start against Cleveland. I feel like Rashawn Holmes plays so hard on the defensive end. He's had like three different eye injuries this season. Which is, you know, which has really been a boon for him. He's missed like two games and you know three consecutive weeks. It's just insane. He hasn't really lived up the potential uh, in his last few weeks either. I think probably because of that. But he also had a, a you know bad game or two. But he should be back middle of this week. So you know keep rolling him out there. Uh, but you know stash him for now while he's on the IR. All right, and then some schedule talks. So we just mentioned SGA here. OKC only has two games. So good luck not really a streamable team in week nine. We have 12 teams that have three games on the slate and we have 17 teams that have four games. So plenty of options out there. Want to want to throw out a couple other short term, you know, for this week, only streams, streaming options. Chris Boucher really like him with four games. Precious Achua has been ruled out with health and safety protocols as well as Ken Birch and Boucher has been straight. You know, he'll give you points, rebounds, three pointers, blocks, uh, this is the moment where you want to ride Chris Boucher. Also, also, Anthony Simons and DSJ. I think both of those guys are going to get more minutes with CJ McCollum still out. Also, take a look. 
You want to go for a flyer, Dante DiVincenzo. He's coming back. He's been cleared to play. Don't really like him from an efficiency standpoint, but uh, if you're looking for buckets off the bench and some steals, that uh, Dante might be your guy. Uh, Koffer, kick it to you for other guys that you're thinking of. I think you have Xavier Tillman on this list just because he banged all over Alper and Shangun the other day. <laughs> that was I all, mean, yeah, all of them. But also because Steven Adams is out and Brandon Clark uh, looks like he's going to be out for a little while too. So he might he might get some more minutes there at the uh, yeah he, he, yeah he, he can potentially get some minutes and and he's he's definitely streamable especially with Memphis having four games. Let's kick it back to Portland real quick. CJ McCollum's out right for a while with the with mm-hmm. the long. Uh, Damian Lillard's got got uh, his issue. Larry Nance Jr. is uh, entering the starting lineup for Robert Covington, I believe, mm-hmm. Sunday, today, when we're recording. I would pick up Larry Nance immediately because we've seen what he can do when he starts back in Cleveland. Yeah. He you know, just fills a stat sheet. Anthony Simons and Dennis Smith Jr. also need to be rostered, in my opinion. I mean, this is a rotation that's only going like seven or eight deep right now because of their injuries. And right. then I would also pick up Nasir Little. And, and Portland plays four games next week, and they play on uh, the, game, the day that you want them to play on. Uh, Tuesday when there's only four games. So definitely like all the, all the trailblazers are guys that you want to stream in week nine. Definitely feel that great insight as always from Adam Koffler. You can find him on Twitter at Adam Koffler. Find me at Dan Titus. Make sure you download the action network app, tell all the action network experts and check out the fantasy forecast article on actionnetwork.com from myself and Joe Delira. Uh, that's going to drop today. So with that, we'll see y'all next week for week 10. Cheers. Make sure you're watching Showtime, Curry, whenever he's going to break that record. It's going to be a great moment for NBA history. We'll see y'all next week. Peace.